You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carrots Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day for all the lovers out there, uh, which I'm happy about. You know, it'll be a nice distraction from other things. And and joining (laughs) me to talk about those other things right now is uh, one of my Wednesday guests of the 2023 season, Wayne Breezy. John couldn't join us today, but Wayne, how you doing, man? You know, I'm I'm hanging in there. Um, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day to you and everybody else out there as well. I'm just um, I'm still numb, Steph. I I, I think I'm still confused at at what we witnessed uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. But you know what? Um, I am looking forward to moving forward. Uh, because that's what it, that's you know, whether we won or lose, we were gonna have to move forward anyway. And so I'm looking forward to see what the 49ers have in store what's next i like that looking forward to moving forward because i think that's that's about where we're at like we just want to move on um you know this is my this is fine meme shirt i don't like to wear it but i wear it on you know these non-special occasions uh and yeah this is this is our last show of the season for one, Wayne, I, I, I've already said this to John, but I appreciate you, you know, being on this show every Wednesday. It's been one of my favorites of the season. So, um, you know, we're going to end this one like we have done in all of our shows, right, with some positivity at the end of the day. So let's get into it because we have plenty to discuss about things that have been said since the game players John Lynch Kyle Shanahan spoke with the media yesterday for the last time this season before they head into their off season and we actually got some news this morning that I want to speak about before we get into all of that Anthony Lynn the 49ers assistant running backs coach he is departing he's been hired by the commanders um, I'm trying to find the actual role, but I'm assuming he is going to be their running backs uh, coach. He's going to be their, their run game coordinator, I believe. Run game coordinator. There you yeah. go. So, uh, you know, Adam Peters doing his thing over there. He, he's got to get some of his boys out there. So Anthony Lynn, one of those guys, and, you know, they're trying to get a nice head, uh, nice coaching staff put together there. And so – what do you think about the ramifications of that one? I know the 49ers still have, um, you know, Bobby Peters, so it doesn't seem like it's yeah too catastrophic for them. Yeah, it's not going to be detrimental. I mean, I, I still feel, you know, Turner was the run game coach. He was a run game coordinator. And Anthony Lynn was an assistant mm-hmm. head coach, so he helped out in whatever area he was asked to help out. And uh, but he specialized as a run game specialist. So he was a run game specialist for the 49ers as well as an assistant head coach. Uh, but honestly, I'm just, you know, I, I don't really see, uh, you know, this is good for Anthony Lynn. Um, and I don't think it's going to be bad for the 49ers. I didn't really feel like they utilized Anthony Lynn to the way I thought they were going to utilize him in. Um, I thought, you know, as an assistant head coach, I thought, it would be a position where you can kind of, you know, help check and and balance that head coach because the head coach has a lot 
you know, on his, on his shoulders. He has a lot to do on his plate. And for Kyle Shanahan, you know, maybe that's just the way he likes it. Uh, he likes to be able to do so 100, 150 things. And, you know, I just didn't seem like no anyone was checking him. Like, even when you go back and watch the Super Bowl, you know, and, and I know we're going to talk about Steve Wilkes because I believe he's going to be the next one out. Um, it's just it's just interesting, right? And so, like, I'm happy for Anthony Lynn, uh, and we wish him nothing but the best. Shout out to Adam Peters for getting familiar guys in his building. That's what you do, you know? Um, and that's kind of like, you know, what Kyle Shanahan does, he breeds guys. They turn into uh, head coaches, and 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 Anthony Lynn will be a head coach in the NFL uh, soon, for sure. And I misspoke earlier. I said I said uh, Bobby Peters, and it's Bobby Turner. So my bad on that. Bobby Peters is uh, the guy who puts these great books together about all the different offenses <laughs> around the league. So I got that one confused. Um, but, dude, I actually completely forgot till you just said it that Anthony Lynn was the assistant head coach. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. I forgot about that. And you, I think you make a great point. It's like we didn't really see what that role entailed, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it might have meant some things in the background that maybe we're not really privy to. But I don't really know what his role was as the assistant head coach. Like, I don't think I really saw him even standing next to Kyle no. in the games. And he was like, with the running backs. Exactly. Yeah. So he was always with the running backs. It's just weird. Because remember, yeah. Bobby Turner was out. Anthony Lynn kind of took on that role. We drafted Jordan Mason that year. That was the Anthony Lynn guy. Uh, you see Kyle doesn't really utilize Jordan Mason. I, I don't know. I But you're right. I never understood what an assistant head coach is for the 49ers. I kind of think I know what it is for any other team, but for the 49ers, I don't know what that role is. Maybe it was just out of respect because he was a coach, a head coach, and they gave him that assistant role and they bumped up his pay a little bit. I don't know. But uh like I said, I'm happy for Anthony Lynn. I'm he's 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 probably going to be an assistant head coach in in Washington as well as the run game coordinator there. Yeah, uh good for him. I mean, uh, a lot of coaches come to San Francisco to, to see what they can do in San Francisco and then it gets some good opportunities. Right. So Anthony Lynn, another example of that. <clears throat> and guys, sorry about my voice, man. Like, I don't know what the hell happened. It's not even that I lost my voice on Sunday, but for whatever reason, it's it has something lingered. in Vegas, right? It, it is I, now I Wednesday. The same thing. And, I, I have the same yeah. thing. It's something, Maybe I was yelling too much. I don't know. I don't something know. about the air in Vegas. And when I got <laughs> back cigarettes. here, it just right because you can smoke everywhere right <laughs> and, so, and i don't like, even smoke wayne i don't even smoke me neither it's like it's just but in the it air was just everywhere right right it was everywhere so yep. i i didn't know you were feeling the same way i'm feeling that way so if you see me drinking my water i'm just trying to stay hydrated that's it i hear you man i hear you but you know speaking of coaches speaking of kyle shanahan you know he joined john lynch um you know yesterday it was pretty much the post-mortem presser for the season their last time speaking with the media before this uh you know the off season and all that and of course there are going to be a lot of questions about okay what's next but also a lot of questions about well what happened on sunday and i you know one of the things i want to talk about we we're just talking about steve wilkes so you mentioned him right um he was asked about steve wilkes and his future with the team and so i want to play the clip right here for you guys on what he said. On, on Steve Wilkes, you guys spoke at Will, you know, to his stage and 
this stage in his career and where you want the team to go. Is there any reason to think he won't be back next season? No, that's stuff that, I mean, we'll talk about a ton as this week goes. We'll talk about a ton in the offseason. I mean, where we want our team to be, our defense, our offense, special teams, and that's that's a lot of conversations, a lot of film, a lot of um, personnel or salary cap um, things we got to discuss, drafts. So, no, we're just having watched the game yet, to tell you the truth. All right, so a lot of people – including myself when i first heard this i was like well that wasn't really like a no or it wasn't really like yeah he's definitely staying whereas had he been asked that in the past about sala about D'Amico, had that question ever been raised he would have probably said flat out like no they're here to stay kind of thing so steve wilkes bit of a different tune it's like uh you know we gotta wait and see we gotta talk have those conversations i gotta watch the tape uh, so what do you think that means? How do you interpret this from Kyle? He did say later on in the presser when he was specifically asked, do you expect him to be back? He did say, um, I haven't talked to anybody yet. So, yeah, I expect all our coaches to be back. Yeah, I mean, when you say something like that, I mean, that's kind of like the safe space and the safe way of saying, you know, yeah, like I expect my coaches to be back, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be back. Look, I, I look at Steve Wilkes, and I think he did a tremendous job with the San Francisco 49ers defense. They still remain the top five defense uh, in the league. Uh, they were number one in interceptions. Uh, they 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 were like very low on the uh, limiting explosive plays. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. I think the issue with Steve Wilkes, though, is just his his methodology. I think it's a little different. Maybe the terminology, the method, methodology, I think I'm saying that right, method, whatever. But but my point is the way he goes about doing things is a little bit different. And I think the players just didn't have the same bite, like the same, like, like jump, the same. They didn't, they just were, they, the players played differently under Steve Wilkes. But he definitely did what he was asked to do. Steph, he he literally like helped this this secondary just be better. Um, now they might not have been better in stopping the run, but they were definitely better in defending the pass, which is their number one job. Uh, but now they got to get back to that physicality of wrapping and tackling. You saw a lot of missed tackles in the secondary um, as well up front. So I think they, I I think I just think I think his methods were a little too outdated. That's the word I want to use. I don't want to call them old. Okay. I just want to say dated, like he was yeah. he was dated, and 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 I and I think it showed, um, and it showed all season. So that was the one thing that was consistent. There were spurts where it looked really good, and then there were spurts where it looked really bad. But it was not like the 49ers like flustered because their defense still remained top. So it was like he was masking things. But the here's here's when I realized that I don't believe Steve Wilkes even wants to come back is he we're, we're mm -hmm. talking about him getting fired i think he i think he walks away and and, really? and 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 go to that super bowl play where he was gonna call the all-out blitz and kyle vetoed it called timeout and took over i'm telling you like like when you micromanage a person stefan messes with their mental like it yeah. like i it, it just messes with their mental and not everybody can come recover from something like that. It's funny though, because Kyle called a timeout and then they ended up doing some crazy run play and got a first down. Anyway, it was weird. It was just the weirdest thing. And I'm like, just 
Kyle's trust is is it's just weird. Like you trusted him all season. You were happy. You were fine when he called it against the Minnesota game. He was gonna call it this one game to try to generate pressure and speed up the process of Patrick Mahomes. And if if they got beat, they got beat. But Kyle wasn't looking to give up a big play, and he ended up giving up a big play. It was the weirdest thing. I've ever seen in my life, and I think that's the moment where Steve Wilkes was like, "I can't do this shit." I, like, I, I, if that was, if I was Steve Wilkes, that's how I would feel. I would be like, you know what, Kyle? Thank you for a great season. I don't even know if I want to come back. That's totally fair, and you know, watching that, like, I didn't really notice that as I watched that live at the watch party, and and I haven't watched the game over just because I intend to, but I haven't, I, you know, I haven't built up that courage quite yet. But is that what Kyle was asked about after? Because he was yes. like, you called a timeout at yes. second and six with mm-hmm. two and a half minutes left in overtime. Did you see something you didn't like? So Kyle said, quote, yeah, I didn't like the look they were in. And one of our players looked a little gassed. That, um, he threw that in there, Steph. But that's a Kyle throw in. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like that's a Kyle. <laughs> like, I, I really called the timeout because I didn't trust the call. But... Well, he said uh, I didn't like the look they were in. I don't right. know if he was talking about the Chiefs look or right, right. Or he kept it look. open for you to kind of like decipher. <laughs> right. He he didn't he called it because he didn't like the the all out. It was an all out blitz about to be called, and we never know how it would have turned out. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, there if trust there, right? There right. That's that's there. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I think I think you know what the correct term would be. They're going to mutually part ways. That's I don't know what what team, what sports team like started that <laughs> mutually parting ways, but it's genius. It's genius. It covers everybody's butt, right? Like really you're not does. fired and you're not quitting. We're just gonna mutually agree to separate. Like, you know. Yeah, I yeah. After hearing that, too, like, I was already kind of iffy about Steve Wilkes, but knowing that happened in the Super Bowl, like, that's, that's, that's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. And that's then when you big. look at you look at it, there's guys available now. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rabel is the new defensive coordinator if they go that route. Uh, and it would be good for the Niners because now they go back to that young, fired-up, uh, you know, type of D'Amico Ryan style. Uh, sort of Vrabel's going, you know, great. He was a great defender for New England. Uh, he, he ended up being a great head coach in Tennessee during his tenure. Uh, and now he's available. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the route they go in, if they decide to mutually part ways. What kind of defense does he run, though? Because that's been was like... Three, was it a 3-4? I can't See, remember. That's what... That's why I'm not sure. But he wasn't obviously... running the defense, right? Like, that was <clears throat> his defensive coordinator. So, I mean, because didn't Wilkes come from a 3-4 as well? I don't in know. Carolina? But Wilkes wasn't the defensive coordinator then. Right. So and and neither was Mike Vrabel. He was the head coach. So, he had a coordinator. So, even if I they mean, ran if he has three... experience, if he has experience with it and like it would be comfortable with it, I, I'd definitely be open to that. I mean, I mean, he has the pieces and, and you just got to get another linebacker. I don't know. And we'll talk about that later. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just, that's the vibe that I'm getting from the 49ers room right now because they got to put the blame on something and Kyle's not going anywhere. And so, do you blame the defense that held? 
the Kansas City Chiefs to like three points for the longest time ever until a muff freaking punt. Like, because if I'm firing any coach, it's Brian Schotten. How do you say his last name? Schotten <laughs> Schneider. <laughs> Schneider. 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 He's got to go. Like, I don't know why the 49ers can't find a freaking special teams coach to coach special teams, but he ain't it. Yeah, no, uh, that would probably be where I'd look too. But like, are special teams coaches hard to find? Like, I don't know. Cause Could be. I thought this was going to be a good hire and it just hasn't, hasn't flourished the way I think we were all expecting to. Shout out Bro Montana in the comments, thanking us for our contributions, uh, you know, this season. He says, please have off season content available. Well, bro, you already know. <laughs> you already know we're going to have off season content available. That's why we're like, yo, keep it locked. Don't go anywhere because we have lots of great content to come. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's another discussion of who who's going to who would possibly even be the replacement. I know some people are like, well, you can you can hire in-house. Well, there's a reason that in-house anyone in-house wasn't hired when D'Amico left. Right. Like maybe they don't feel like any of those guys are ready yet. Now, a year later, do they feel that way? I don't know. Could be. Could be, um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Gammon says, lost our assistant head coach, run and pass game coordinator, and replace defensive coordinator. Look, that is a lot. That is a lot to overhaul. But at the same time, the 49ers have been here before. Like, they've they've gone through off seasons. Almost all of their off seasons, they've had to replace more than one assistant coach coordinator, you know, so – it's it's tough, but yeah, this is going to be a, a retooling of you know some of the coaching staff. I would say so. That's that's what I expect. Yeah, me too. Um, I think what makes the 49er faithful a little kind of like concerned is not the simple fact like who they're losing, but it's like when you replenish and replace these positions, you have to trust that Kyle's going to get it right because he's always getting it right. Here's the question though. Because this season, we had to replace a lot, too. I don't know if people realize that. But we started out fast. Whereas prior seasons, we would start out slow. <laughs> and so what will we get in the 2024 season? Will we be off to a fast start? Will we be off to a slow start? Now, granted, the players that we have would, would definitely make that up. But sometimes, remember, in the 2022 season, remember, it took the coaches a minute to figure stuff mm -hmm. out, like to gel. And so yep. I get why everybody's getting frustrated. And it's like, why do they keep picking on our team? And it's because they just don't want the Niners to be great. That's the answer. They don't want the Niners to be great. So they come and get our coaches. And I'm happy for the coaches. They get to move on. They get to get to higher positions. And they do well. They, they, they particularly do well in their new regimes. But now the Niners gotta make gotta figure out a way to stay on top of the game. So I trust Kyle Shanahan when it comes to that. Kyle picks his coaches. So before we even get into free agency, that's number one. Like Kyle is going to be on top of that because now he needs his coaches to help, you know, kind of start to scout these players. I mean, we got scouts, but yeah, we need his coaches true. to kind of specify the type of players that they need, especially if we're gonna get a new defensive coordinator right and so i thought we got steve wilkes late and when he came in his key piece or contribution they got him jair brown and Darrell luter jr like they got him those physical type of dbs that he likes to play with uh pauls so we'll see what happens uh 
We'll see what happens. We get Mike Vrabel, guarantee we get another linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I I would love it. I would love it, but let's let's wait and see what happens there. But look, Kyle Shanahan is not off the hook here either. He's gotten a lot of questions about his decisions. Uh, of course, on social media, everyone, you know, the media is blowing him up too on the OT, OT decision and some decisions uh, before that as well. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, of course, was asked about, you know, if there was anything that stood out to him, uh, you know, that he maybe would have done differently. Here's what he said. There a part of this game or the decision making or anything that you kind of look back on more than anything else and and second guess yourself for? Uh, I mean, like I've told you guys before, anytime you lose every decision you made, I mean, you make a decision every play throughout that game. So uh, when you lose, you'll go over that stuff um, always um, throughout the entire offseason, through cutups, through everything. But, um, you know, there is nothing that I thought in the moment that I did wrong. It was everything. I was proud of that. And. Um, like the thought process behind everything. He liked the thought process behind everything. Now, he also did say during this pressure, he hasn't watched the game back. So he's, you know, right now his his answers are just based on what he feels happened in the moment, right? And sometimes, you know, you pick up some things through watching the tape, which he hasn't done yet. What did you think of this answer? Is it good enough for you? given like all the questions he's gotten, are you fine with him kind of standing pat on his decisions or would you like to see like more accountability? And if there needs to be accountability, what does he need to hold himself accountable for? Well, first I'll go backwards. Like he, he needs to take accountability. His team lost and he needs to take the, he needs to take the L. So, yeah. like, I don't I don't like this from a head coach. I don't like this from our head coach because it now proves that he's arrogant and that he's always right. Now, I will defend him when I feel like he needs to be defended because even in this particular game, there were plays poorly executed that would have worked. Kyle had stuff dialed up that would have worked. Now, as far as him, like, as far as Kyle, like, you know, keeping the game plan, what it was, I just felt, I felt like he didn't make the adjustments. And mm-hmm. so, like, that's on him. And so, like, if you get beat by the defensive coordinator, because Kyle's the offensive coordinator. So, right. if you're getting trumped by Steve Spags, Spagnola, then then that's on you, Kyle. Now, I guarantee you had a play in there to 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 win against whatever was coming at you if you got the right looks or whatever like that but and those particular plays at that those particular times were just poorly executed but that don't mean you can hang your head low and not continue to find a way to overcome what steve spagnola was going to do how did you not know on third and four that he wasn't going to blitz i knew it did you did you, I called it at the watch party? Yeah. I'm sitting next to these people and I'm like, they're about to blitz. Yeah. They didn't even disguise it, Steph. He moved up to the line of scrimmage. I'm talking about uh the cornerback um McDuffie. He moved yeah. up to the line of scrimmage, he dropped back, and then he blitzed. And now on top of that, because they sent an extra defender, he went um touched. And so, like, how does Kyle not know that? 
And you can't get mad that Brock didn't complete the throw or even see Christian McCaffrey, who was covered but had his man beat. You couldn't get mad because he didn't have time. And so, like, how do you continue to lose to this coordinator in these games? And that's that's the coach. And so, like, mm-hmm. he got to take accountability. And if he took accountability, he and I don't think he cares about people or the fans or whatever, but you can't not care about the fans. Like, that, <laughs> they're the reason. Listen, we all work together for the greater good. You need the fans. If fans don't show up, you can coach your ass off by yourself. Nobody won't watch it. You yeah. want the fans there. So so don't do the fans a disservice by not taking accountability. I shouldn't have to sit there and listen to a young-ass quarterback and Brock Purdy take accountability on some bullshit that the head coach couldn't figure out. That's weird to me. That's weird. Yeah. That's so weird. It's not like Brock Purdy threw an interception and had to take accountability for it. He didn't put the ball, and he didn't even have an almost interception. He didn't put the ball in any harm's way. It definitely, none of that will happen in the game was Brock's fault. First of all, he doesn't even set the protections. That is on Jake Brendel. Jake Brendel, for whatever reason, I guess, missed McDuffie being the blitzer there. It seemed like Brock Purdy, as soon as that ball snapped, he knew that McDuffie was going to be blitzing. And that's why he threw to the blitz instead of to, you know, Christian McCaffrey, where Kyle Shanahan obviously wanted him to go with the football because, you know, we saw that clip. Uh, from was that thing they they post with the mic'd up and and all that? The, oh the yeah, I seen that. That was kind of cool. I yeah. was glad they no, did it's that. Cool. It's cool, but I'm like, man, that makes me sad because like Kyle Facts. thought he had it. Kyle thought he had it, <laughs> and he he failed to account for Spags in those big game moments. And you know, Spags had the. I always say like the the perfect defensive play call is better than the perfect offensive play call, and we saw it right there in that game. And, you know, he didn't even have to necessarily take account of it. Like, he didn't even have to say, like, I was wrong. He could have went with that answer and been like, you know what? Like, I got to tip my hat to Spags or just, mm-hmm. like, anything like that. Like, you don't have to, you know, say, you know, I, I did something wrong because maybe he doesn't feel that way. But obviously someone did something better than you. <laughs> you know, I, I, so. I can't that's figure it and, and that's the thing, right, Wayne? Like, we, we keep seeing this from Kyle and we keep inside the NFL. Thank you, Peachy. Um, and we keep hoping that he's going to learn from his mistakes and he's going to grow. We've seen some growth from Kyle this season. Oh, more 100%. So, more so in his, like, play calling and, like, you know, trusting his quarterback, right? 100%. Which, thank you, Brock Purdy, for that. Um, but as far as managing the game and you know being aggressive in certain moments and taking accountability after the fact after the losses all those things he still lacks and we still haven't seen it even in a loss as egregious as this one and i know a lot of people have said well you know kyle had the right plays there yeah he did and and there were some execution issues that's true too well, who's responsible for the execution of these players? Look, but look, I, I have more to talk on this because let's go to the next topic, actually, because I want to talk about Ray Ray McLeod. Because to <laughs> me, because to me, that's an execution thing, right? And look, I want to start by saying 
obviously it's not Ray Ray's fault that the ball hit Daryl Luter. That's not his fault. Like, I totally understand that. He had to make a play on the ball. What I don't understand is why he didn't just land on it, why he felt he had to try to pick up that ball. He failed miserably at that. And you know what Ray Ray McLeod said? He said, I'm a playmaker. You've got to take risks. That's what, what his response was. So you got you got Raven McLeod not taking responsibility for that and saying, I'm a playmaker. Accountability. Uh, and yeah. it seems like if the opportunity presented himself pre- presented itself, Ray Ray would do that again. So that's an issue to me. It, it, <laughs> is this, it, it is, is an this issue. an issue of, well, my coach doesn't, you know, take any accountability, so why should I? Like, is it rubbing off on the players too? It could be, but... I'm not defending Ray Ray McLeod and that because that's fundamental. That's not that's that's that you missed the fundamental. Like you got the moment was big and you missed the fundamental. Like the fundamental was ball jump on it. Like that's Pop Warner fundamental whatever. Now as far as what he said, I, I am I wrong for expecting that, especially from a wide receiver. Like I I, I just think that's a wide receiver type of talk i don't think it's it was great not in that moment um especially when it def it changed the game it shifted the momentum of the game now had he picked it up he possibly could have returned it i don't know we haven't had one so i don't know but i I think in his eyes that's what he was thinking i don't know the ball just didn't bounce his way right fingertips just doesn't bounce his way but again when i go to that like that's when like the fundamentals and the Niners have been dealing with fundamental issues all season long. And that was the first time I saw a fundamental error on the special teams. Literally first, first special teams, fundamental error came in the Super Bowl. I, I You can't make it up. You can't like, you can't make it up. Like just get the f- out the way, f- but he couldn't because it was a fumble and it would have been their ball anyway. Like, you know what I mean? So like, it's tough. It's tough. His his number one thing was to save the possession, and I just think he he forgot. And that fundamental of of pouncing and jumping on the ball just came out. Uh, it was gone, and he thought he could pick it up. Now his response, I I won't even be. I'm not. I'm. I expected it. It like that's when you're a wide receiver. They 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 walk and talk a little differently, especially in the, when they think they the. Sh- they think they the joint, but hey, man, this might that might have been you know, for Ray Ray. It sucked because he's going to be remembered by that. His legacy as a 49er will end on that play, and that sucks because I thought he was a good addition. Uh, but the 49ers, I mean, I, Chris Conley, it's just. It's just crazy to me. Like, it, it's one Jump thing. On the... You you right, Wayne. Like, wide receivers are different, and they, they always feel like they can make a play, right? That's no what matter what. Mm-hmm. So I would have been fine with Ray Ray saying, you know, in the moment, like, you know, I felt like I could have made a play there. I took the risk, and, it... you know, it didn't work out. So, you know, I'm... I should have just landed on it. That's see not you... what he said, see though. See how you That's took accountability? See how you just see... took account? Right. See and that's the issue. Right. Super, e- <laughs> super easy, but not everybody is built that way. Our head coach isn't built that way. And some of the players just aren't built that way. Um, and I know we're only talking about Ray Ray, but 
you know, luckily we do have players that are built that way. Like luckily, and and it starts with the the main position on the team, and then you know you know, it that 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 play shifted the momentum. You can talk about the the missed PAT. We can we can we can talk about that. That was bad, but that play, that play right there, is why the Chiefs won this game. Yeah, very much so. Um, and speaking of you know, execution issues and, and accountability. I want to talk about Spencer Burford. Um, you know, he got a lot of flack, of course, after people caught wind that it was him who should have um, taken up Chris Jones on in OT, the third and four um, in the red zone. He was a free rusher instead that caused a whole thing online. You know, Colton McKivitz was getting blamed at first. John Feliciano, you know, jumps in and says, whoa, that's not Colton McKivitz. And then everyone kind of figures it was Spencer Burford. They kind of squashed it online, all good. But Spencer Burford afterwards, <clears throat> when he was asked about it yesterday, speaking with the media, he said, I should have just played within the scheme. I played on instinct. It was my fault. Okay, two things here took accountability, but I I take issue with now two players, you know, in this instance, feeling like, you know, I'm playing on instinct. I'm going to just do this and not playing within the system, not playing within the fundamentals. Like you were saying, that's an issue. And to me, that's a coaching issue. Cause what, what, why do you have so many guys who feel like they can just go rogue in the freaking Super Bowl? And think they can be the hero. Like what? It's in the biggest game of your life. You know, for Spencer Burford, <clears throat> wow. You gotta you gotta go back. You know, I'm such a psychology psychology major. Like I I'm going to you have to go back to his rookie season when the team had no choice. And he was the best option. And the moment that um what's what's our guard? What was our guard name? He's no longer with us. Um Oh, um from before, Daniel Brunskill. Thank you. The moment Brunskill re returned back healthy, Kyle started rotating them. Mm -hmm. And so like Steph, I'm gonna keep it a buck. To me, that was a moment where he 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 took the moment. Like, he just got into the game. Feliciano was hurt. Now he's in there. And, you know, he just didn't play team ball. And I'm glad he took the accountability. Um, but it's stuff like that that'll get you, you know, benched. And they, they or, or overlooked later on in the future. Um, and so, like, you know, for Spencer Burford, love the dude. Love the dude. I just don't know how, and we've seen this uh, all season long, like guys go untouched. I just don't know how you don't touch Chris Jones. Like he's the only guy you do touch. Right. Like touch, hold, do whatever you got to do. Just, you know, you can't let him go untouched. And, and unfortunately, that's one of those Kyle Shanahan plays where if it was executed, it would have nine times out of ten been a good throw in the end zone for a touchdown. 
But because it wasn't executed properly due to a guy in a moment and Spencer Burford being in the moment, it resulted in not that, right? And so, yes, the the fundamental, your players being right. Let me, let me ask you this, right? If you coached your players and you trusted them to go out there and play within the scheme, is it your fault if they don't? I don't know that, and that's crazy, right? Like I, so this is why I want to say I feel like Kyle Shanahan takes in a bit of a offhand approach with his players. I I think he trusts his position coaches to work on those details. He literally told the position coaches, you know, you you tell your guys about the OT rules, you know, and and mind you, that was like after the regulation ended. Um, but yeah, I think he takes an offhand approach. Obviously, the position coaches, you know, not getting into those finer details either. So, yeah, like to an extent, I think it does fall on Kyle Shanahan because at the end of the day, he oversees everything. Everything. But if he's if we're asking him to trust his coaches to do their job, like, is it on Kyle? If if no. I if if it's just weird because he, he micromanages and then when the stuff hits the fan, it's not his fault. <laughs> right, right. So like, like, it's like, dude, you got to take accountability. Because if you didn't teach your coaches what to do, then that's all. so I look at it as Kyle's the principal. And then yeah. the coaches are the teachers. And yeah. Kyle has to like, you don't want your principal micromanaging you because they trust they want to trust you. So if Kyle's trusting his coaches to do whatever, like Chris Foster is asking go to like at this point, I just want a whole young ass regime except for Bobby Turner. He the only old person I want on this team. Coaching. Everybody else could go. I don't think Chris Forster is good. I don't think I I and Chris Kosarek, he's not old, so he stays. I like I'm I'm telling you, Steph, something ain't right with the coaching. Um, and I wonder if that's what the issue is. That's what because it's miscommunication. That's what it is. We're seeing miscommunication happening. And when you have miscommunication, nothing good comes from that. Nothing. You mean to tell me, Steph, that the team in the Super Bowl with the most holding calls all season long didn't even get the refs to flinch? That's a little fishy. That's fishy. I just don't see how the Kansas City Chiefs play that disciplined and Trent Williams in the beginning of the game gets two calls th right. that you've never seen before in our lifetime. Right away. Right away, too. I was... It was weird because um, then we we saw those quick, like, flags early in the game. Yeah, then, I mean, they, they – And then they, we didn't – we really didn't see anything. They, they, they let them play after that. Um, so I don't know if – I don't know. Someone made a call and was like, yo – too many flags like let's oh i see what you're saying but it was like, right it was okay much. it was too much early on so i don't know it just um, it was just weird to me it's like a, it was a weird vibe and and that whole time i'm watching this game it was weird and so i'm like this can't be weird even when the niners were up to nothing it was weird because it didn't feel like 10 nothing it felt like the niners were not scared but playing timid and I couldn't figure out why they were playing timid. And so, like, don't miss me with they were putting eight in the box and seven in the box, six in the box. 
if my coach doesn't have the creativity to beat that, then that's an issue. So a lot of it stems on Kyle Shanahan. I'm not going to lie. But it also comes down to these players executing. Like, they got to go hand in hand. And so for me, I'm I'm a little upset that Kyle just didn't take any accountability in the loss. I think if Kyle would have did that, he would earn so much more respect. But I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares about the respect. Because he's a genius. That's what we labeled him as. And... At the end of the day, geniuses are never wrong, even when they're wrong. Like, they're not wrong. You just didn't do it right. Oh, this was right. You just didn't do it right. But it was wrong. So, like, that's what we're dealing with. But you know what, Steph? We've been dealing with that. And so, yeah. it, it, and it always finds a way to come up short. And so, when you get to the Super Bowl two times in your tenure here, and now you're going to be going into year eight, and you better get your ass right back to that dance. Like you got, I don't give a how hard it is. You figure out how to get your squad right back to that game because you have, and you, you better hope it's the chiefs because you got to figure out how to get over this mountain. And Kyle has to figure that out. Like he has to figure that out. And, and until then we are who we are. I can't take a fourth Super Bowl loss that I think we'll be tied for the most Super Bowl losses like the bills. I think we'll be tied with the Bills. Yeah, we can't. We can't do that. We can't. I can barely do this one. <laughs> I can barely do this one. But, um, this is Fabio, this is exactly what I'm talking about. They were so timid. It was like, where was the aggression? You started off the game with a six-yard run, and then he fumbles, and then you took it away. So this is kind of like what Kyle does, right? And, and the reason that I think CMC's fumble isn't being talked about enough, one, it happened really early in the game, and then but they two, were going to score. They yeah. were going to score. Yeah. They were going to score they on fumbled. that opening drive. Yeah. Um, and you never saw the run game really get going like that drive ever again because Spagnuolo, um, he, he adjusted. He adjusted. He made the adjustments. And the way that I was describing it yesterday on Bully Ball is like, it, this defense felt like a snake that was wrapping itself around its prey. It just kept getting tighter and tighter as the game went on. 49ers played right into it at certain points. Um, and, you know, I, I think I don't think Kyle got away from the run. I mean, McCaffrey ran the ball 22 times, but he only averaged 3.6 yards per carry. Um and as the game went on, it felt like he was averaging even less. I'd be curious to see what the second half numbers were like just alone. Um, so I don't I don't blame that. The Chiefs had the plan to force the 49ers to throw the football. Um, I think that's where the chess match really lied. And Kyle needed to have some, you know, solutions for that. I agree. He, continu he continued on with the condensed formations which we knew for the last two weeks that that was going to be something that the Chiefs would target with their blitzes. We knew that's on tape. That's uh, They've done it before, and he Kyle kept on with it. Okay, if you're going to keep on with it, like you got to live with the results, you know? Um, but I feel like you should be able to say, like, you know, I, I stick to what I did, and, and maybe that didn't re really work out in this game, you know, all those things. But, yeah, I mean – 
I'm with you. I feel like he called the plays, but they the plays didn't work. The plays didn't work. And and that's if the plays didn't work, then they're not the perfect play call right. for that moment. Right. That's it. I but I, I, I still feel like and I know we and I know Christian McCaffrey averaged about three something point yards. Like my thing is though, he had twenty two carries, but they were they were minimal up until that fourth quarter. Like and so like I don't know if the Chiefs played a different type of defense or or what, but that's when you started seeing more of the bigger runs. And so like Kyle, like you you if you don't have a what happened to the lateral throws? What what happened to those? What happened to the screens? What happened to the plays that beat the blitz? What what happened to that offense? This was a team, and, and Brock Purdy, what do you go? 12 for 19 against the Blitz? Like this is a team that beats the Blitz. Because you have a guy named George Kittle and Debo Samuel in particular. And then you have Christian McCaffrey. And so, like, how do you not beat it? And and, and you you gotta tip your hat to Spags, but come on, man. I've seen better blitzing teams all season long. I don't get it. I'm getting frustrated. Says, and I don't where want was to be Debo? Debo was getting strapped the hell up. He was getting he, strapped. He was the getting hell stra- up. he was getting strapped up down the field. Let's keep it a buck. Debo yeah. was getting open on them quick routes. There was a throw Brock dropped back. I think I think Ryan put this out yesterday. I think that's where I seen it in his film. And Brock just didn't even look at him. Wide open. Wide open. And Brock just didn't look and took that route to Brandon Ayuk where he had to overthrow out of bounds. There's a couple of times he did throw to him and, and Debo didn't make the catch, though. So One was low. I mean, one was low. But that don't mean you stop throwing. If the guy's wide open, you make that throw. That To me, that's Brock. Like, Brock, if, a, if, there, if, if, you, if you're scanning the football field and you're going through your progressions and you have the time, it's not like he was even being rushed, you have to hit the wide open guy. Brock said that he was going to take what the defenses was giving him and he didn't. Now, I'm not blaming Brock for anything. I'm just saying there were times he made those throws, and there were times he didn't make those throws. There was there was times Debo caught the ball, and there were times he didn't catch the ball. Debo was, what, 3 for 11? But not all of his passes or targets were catchable. You had one wide open in the end zone, but you could blame that on the pressure. You had one that was defended well in the end zone. You could say that was Trent McDuffie. Like, at the end of the day, why not utilize Debo in his strengths? Why make Debo right. a downfield guy? He didn't have to be yeah, that guy. Yeah, man, that's, that's crazy. That was crazy to me because I was like, you know, this is the game where you want to run the football. And the 49ers did run the football, you know, with Christian McCaffrey. I was expecting to see more Debo. And it wasn't until the fourth quarter oh my gosh, OT yes. that, that he got one of those, like, sweeps. So, man, I – Steph, I they was, ran Debo up the motherfucking middle. They ran him up the middle. Like, Huh? We stopped that two years ago. They ran him up the middle. Dude, up the... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Right. There it is. That's why I leave it. No. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that, you know, definitely didn't make sense to me. I do question some of the strategy there. Um, and one last guy I want to talk about, Brennan Ayuk, right? Because obviously he only had, what, was it? Two targets or in, I think in he had game? three catches. He was three for six, three ca- if I'm not okay, mistaken. Three for six. Three for six. But not a lot of involvement in this game uh, for Brandon Ayuk. And he's the wide receiver one, right? And the Chiefs went into playing a lot of man. And Ayuk is your man-beater guy. Like, he is that dude. Uh, so I understand that 
you know, Ladarius Sneed, he's he's awesome, but Ayuk, he was getting open too. Um, and so it seemed like there was some, you know, feelings about the lack of targets, at least from his best friend, uh, who said they're going to the Raiders or something like that. And and then his uh his partner went on to say that that was the last time that the 40, uh, that Brandon Ayuk would step foot on Levi's, which is crazy because the 49ers picked up his fifth-year option. So mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. but And, and we uh, didn't play that game at Levi's. So I'm just curious. <laughs> to, that, was, that was a good one. That's why I didn't make mention of that because we weren't even at Levi's. Yeah. So I'm like, man, um, it to me it felt like it came out like clockwork. It was like, okay, it's, it's officially the off season. Now we're trying to get Brandon Ayuk the bag. Let's just say all these things, right? Um, but Brandon Ayuk, and he was very emotional yesterday, uh, you know, speaking with the media. But he was asked, um, you know, if he would want to come back to the 49ers. And, you know, he said, uh, what do you say? If uh, if it's the right move. Mm-hmm. If it's the right move. And, he, and they were like, what would that look like? And he said, being a champion. Uh I mean, I feel that I feel that 100 percent. But at the same time, if it's the right move to me, that's like if it comes with a bag, (laughs) you know, so Brandon, are you definitely going to try to get that bag this offseason? Look, Wayne, I'm not too worried about all this like outside noise coming from the friend, the partner, any of that. I don't care. Third cousin. I don't care who talks. You know, all I care about is what Brandon, Ayuk, his agent negotiate with the 49ers. What, what's your feeling on on how this negotiation is going to go this offseason? Yeah, it's it's going to be the way it is, especially when it comes to wide receivers. They, again, they're wired a tad bit different, and you know, wide receivers are playmakers. That so that's why that's why the terminology that that Ray Ray used, like I got it, because that's what that's the that's the term for wide receivers. But he ain't no damn playmaker. But you get what I'm saying, like, and so listen. Brandon Ayuk, I didn't think Brandon Ayuk had a great playoff run. Is it just me? Like I, I didn't think he looked too good in the playoffs. Um, and I don't think it was his fault. I, I think by design, um, he was kind of like not a decoy. He just, I don't know, overlooked, uh, whatever. But all season long, Brandon Ayuk has been that team guy. And then yeah. in the Super Bowl, he was he, he didn't seem like he was that team guy. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't I'm with you. I don't buy in or to any of the stuff that's going to go on. But I do pay attention to his body language, though. Uh, and it doesn't look good. Um, and and Brandon Ayuk has been a pretty much straight up dude when he talks. His interviews are quick. They're not quicker than Debo's, but they're pretty they're pretty quick. Um, and, you know, I think he was feeling some type of way after the Super Bowl, which he should be. Um, but when it comes to this off season, the thing that makes me nervous is that yeah, the Niners picked up the fifth year option, but it's fourteen million dollars, and I guarantee you, there's thirty other teams that are willing to pay him fourteen million dollars for a year and work out the extension, right? And so when you look at the Niners; it's going to come down to how they're going to restructure. It's going to take time because they got to restructure players. They got to move around money. They got to wait for the new league year to start. All that stuff has to come into fruition before we get anything or kick any uh, tread to the Brandon Ayuk uh, extension. But the good news is he will be here or uh, contractually for next season for $14.2 million. Here's my issue. I just feel like the Niners, 
and I'm praying that this doesn't happen. But Steph, you got to go back to the year that they traded DeForest Buckner for a first round pick. <laughs> I just feel like I'm nervous about that more than anything. I'm I'm nervous about them getting a getting a bag the Niners getting a bag and and an offer that they can't refuse and then they move on from BA. And so that's a possible option for the San Francisco 49ers if they're not looking to pay two wide receivers. Now I know they came out on record and said that they were willing to to whatever whatever, but it takes both parties got to come into an agreement of that and who knows how long that might take. And so, you know, it's going to be a wild ass off season. And Niners got 22 mother freaking free agents, and Brandon Ayuk is not one of them. <laughs> and, but, exactly. but, 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 if a team is willing to give you a top 10 pick, would a team be willing to give a top 10 pick for yo, Brandon I, Ayuk right now? Brandon Ayuk is a thousand yard wide receiver back to back season on an offense that he's not even the number one option. Yeah, no, he's nice. I mean, I don't, I don't. Just imagine what he would be if he was the like I could, I, I like the Niners went and trade with the Chiefs because the Chiefs draft thirty second, so like he ain't going there. But there's teams up there that might say, "Yo, this dude is the man. He's proven. We ain't got you know," and they have money like to, to where they can put money into the wide receiving position, and so you always need that one guy. And there's teams that are looking to go to the Super Bowl, Steph, so they might be like, bump it. We'll tie up money into two wide receivers. We don't care. Team like the Raiders. I don't know who's their quarterback, but maybe Jimmy Garoppolo comes back and maybe they got something going. I don't know. There's going to be be teams sniffing around for sure. I don't doubt that. I think uh, as far as the 49ers, they're going to be wanting to shop other guys, though, I think. Like? Um, I, I don't know, but like guys that have big contracts is going to be hard because a lot of those contracts aren't pretty and not yeah. a lot of teams would want to take that on. I agree. But I mean, a I bad think teams I, with I a think, bunch of cap, maybe. Right. But see, I think the value of Brandon Ayuk is what sells. And so like, yeah, like when you look at the, you look at the wide receivers in this draft, it's like Marvin Harrison, the kid from, uh, from uh, Washington, and then it's kind of like a big drop. They, they're scheme, they're, they're uh, system fit guys. You know, you could pick a guy that fits your system really well and find a guy later on in the draft or whatever. So I feel like them, the top two wide receivers in this draft, might be another one. I think it's a kid from LSU, but my point is, like, it's Brandon I. You, you're talking about a proven commodity? Like I said, if a team is going to offer the Niners a top 10 pick, yeah. And we'll talk about this later on when we start looking at, like, who's drafting, where they're drafting, blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they they, they listen to those offers is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I listen. do not want Brandon IU gone. Let me keep that 100% clear, clear on yeah, this yeah. show. We're on the okay. same page. Okay. We're on the same page. Okay. I think I think everyone's on the same page, but we also know the 49ers have to make some tough decisions this offseason, and that's just kind of the low-hanging fruit. They did the same thing with Debo, just kind of like put some feelers out, not that they really wanted to trade him, but at the same time just wanting to see if one team is crazy enough to give a crazy offer, right? So you, you got to do those things. So 
I I would expect to see some reports like that this offseason. It's going to make us a little uncomfortable and, you know, anxious. But I think at the end of the day, Brandon Ayuk is going to be a Niner um, in 2024 and beyond. Uh, but look, there's a there's a whole lot of topics going into this offseason. Me and Wayne got you covered. We're going to be talking about it all offseason, all right? Make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, not just mine, but Wayne's as well. The Wayne Breezy, Steph49K. And, man, again, Wayne, thank you so much for joining me, you know, in the regular season. Uh, I love doing the show with you. And, um, yeah, man, just uh, we're going to kill it in the off season, though. Yeah, Steph. Listen, hopefully we'll see each other at the Combine this year. I oh, know oh. I'm hoping that all comes through and then we'll be scouting some some talent and, 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 and putting out videos. Maybe we'll go live from there as well a day or two. So thank you so much, Steph, for having me on this season. I look forward to doing it again next season. Exactly. All right, y'all. Make sure you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Happy Valentine's Day. But for now, peace.